for this morning's edition of the Could Have Been Champions, the part of Andrew Belairs will be played by Lachlan Quick. Good morning and welcome to the Could Have Beens on ABC Radio. I'm Jeff Richardson. Good morning to Torch McGee. Good morning, Richo, and good morning to everyone out there. In cover, hello to you. Uh, good morning, Richo, colleagues and footy fans. And Billy Baxter, hello to you. Uh, good morning, Richo, <laughs> colleagues and footy fans. Greg Champion is in Queensland and will be joining us uh, later. Uh, Lachlan, you're sitting in Andy's chair. Can I put you under the pump and make you say hello to you everybody? Can. Yep. And you've got... Ainsley out there with you and Alicia. Barracks for Essendon, Ian. Oh, does he? Uh, yes. Oh, he'll be a happy chap today. That's right. Haven't they finished um, their season on a high note? Did they make it to the eight? Ian, <laughs> don't ask Alicia who she bags for. No. No. Uh, no. So, right. anyway, uh, I didn't see the footy last night. Didn't you? Oh, no. You would have loved it. I went to the NGV. Oh, did you go and see <laughs> Mama? Is, is that what they call it? Yes. Is it MoMA or what, MoMA? What, why did you go there? Well, look, I know that we've spent more than, you know, more than half a lifetime watching and talking about football, but mm, mm. I'm seeing a bigger picture these days. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm channeling my inner Simon. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you find it down well, there? Well, Terrific. Yeah. We're doing an end-of-season trip to New York now, are we, boss? Well, I wouldn't mind. Were there any audience activations? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was this thing where you went into a room and you waited in the middle of the room till, uh, you know, a, a customer activation officer yes. came to you and then he got you to stand against the wall mm. and he got a black felt-tipped pen. Did he? Mm-hmm. And made a mark on the wall like you used to on your... Yes. Oh, measuring how tall your you children are. are. Yeah, yes. and, and then after he's marked that, you sign your name. Mm. And so by the end of the exhibition, I don't know, it runs for a couple of months, there's a big sort of black stripe around the wall because that shows sort of like the median height of people. And yeah. then there's some... Yeah. You, I saw your name. Yes. Really, yours stood out. Cause Just it, above the skirting board. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was... It's, it's, so it, it's like a... It's a uh, evolving piece of art. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like it's a bit like the football season. It's just evolving. That's all well and good, but who cleans it off the wall at That's the end of the thing? That's a very good point, Billy. Uh, oh, you just get one of those erasers. You know, those white magic erasers. Oh, yes. Oh, they're yeah. very good. Yeah. I hope it was a a felt tip ten pen that what do they call a them? whiteboard marker? Yes, a texter. Yeah, no, no, the, no. The ones that can be erased. Yeah, I see. Yeah, do they, can you still marker. buy texters? Because people oh, call yeah. them felt tip pins, but whenever I see them, all I think is texter. Oh, it, well, it's become a, a, a generic term, hasn't it? Yes, has it? Yes. Oh, as in you know, Hoover for vacuum yeah, cleaner. That's, that's right. So people There's do, a whole talk back people topic still, in that. So people yeah, still nuggets. do use the phrase texter, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh. I was avoiding it because we're on the ABC. That's oh. why I went for felt tipped oh, pen. Anyway, right. so I've done some damage now. Didn't yeah. see anyone in club colours. They were just all wandering around. Well, you didn't. You would struggle to have seen it uh, last night as well. That's two Fridays in a row. Essendon have worn this oh, what hideous. The... It looks like a something you dry the dishes with. What, in, what in, colour? In, in, well, sort of. Not the they're, they're aiming for red, but they don't quite get oh, there. Oh, and it, magenta. It, 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 sort of got an orangey <laughs> sort of tone. Yeah, yes, but it's awful. Well, I recognised them prior to the match because I was out at Tullamarine Giant Jetport. <laughs> the <laughs> Jolly Giant Jetport. Tullamarine. <laughs> yes. Those are the lyrics in the song. Yeah, they were. And I was out there on Thursday mm. and a bus pulled up. Yeah. And the Essendon team got off it to get oh, onto the aeroplane yeah. to go over to Adelaide International Airport. Oh. Did they recognise you? No. 
Why would no. they need a bus? They could walk there, couldn't they? From from their own hangar. <laughs> right. from, from, from from Pine Gap. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Why doesn't the the, the stealth but bomber? Think, but they think they'd down. have their own runway out there. They've got enough room. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think they were trying to do it incognito because they've learned a few things about being based at Pine Gap. Mm-hmm. The, the bus didn't say Essendon Bombers Bus oh, or whatever. Really? No, it carried the name of a school in the area. Oh, mm. okay. Anyway, they all got off, and they were wearing their traditional black and red, so they looked, stepping out And gear. that's how you knew they were Essendon. Yeah. So well, they, if you'd been watching the game last night instead of being at the NGP, you may not have understood exactly who Port Adelaide were playing against from lo- just looking at them. Uh, talking jumpers, and I know we talked footy jumpers we last did, week. We and, a, and, a, and a lot of... Uh, uh, reaction on the social media and all from people who thoroughly enjoyed the footy jumpers segment last week. It's a great website. I noted today in the newspaper, Billy, mm. that Geelong today playing the Gold Coast Suns in their last home game, yeah. not content with finishing off 2018 at home, they will be wearing a their jumper they will wear as their home and away jumper for 2019. Really? They're previewing. It's a preview. So they've, they've, they've taken something out of the arts. Yes. So you'll, you'll get a sneak peek today for two hours. Have you seen it? No. Well, it'll be unveiled, Billy. No one's seen it. It's a secret. Will it, have no. will it have blue and white hoops? Well, I'm sure. They, the, the, only thing, the only reference I saw in the newspaper report was to the effect that they're wearing this jumper for next year. Mm. And uh, it's, it's, it's like pilot season, really, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, and it mentioned that it'll have a reworking of the collar. Uh, I didn't think it even had a collar to start with. Well, can they put so one the re- on? The reworking means they're <laughs> reintroducing a collar. Yeah. Mm. So look, so let's say you imagine you can't do much to the hoops, can you? I uh, want it made out of wool. Yes, and I want a collar. That buttons up with real buttons. And you want the number sewn on on a square? Of plastic. Of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a jumper there with a collar. Oh, the Swanee one with... That's the, the, that's the 1918 one. With the sash. Looks yeah, good, Torch, Torch yeah. is currently showing Billy and Ian a photograph in one of the newspapers of uh, the South jumper where it was white with a very th- rather too thin, I think, sash. Well, I think that's a I modern agree. affectation mm. yeah. of the thin sash. Yeah. And, and the when, when your day, Torch, mm. and you had the, the red V, yes. did you have the red round the armhole as well? No. So that had the red round the yes, armhole. It looks yeah. nice. Yeah, it does. Yep. It's yeah. all that advertising on the jumpers that disturb me. Mm. You know what I think would be subversive? Mm. Um, we barrack for Geelong, boss. Mm. Um why don't we sponsor the Hawthorne Football Club mm. so they have to have uh, the Cats logo on their jumper? Instead of the Tasmanian one. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a very funny. Actually, we'll sponsor all the clubs, clubs. so everyone has to have the mighty Cats on their jumper. <laughs> no, that's very good. The um, Back on the Swans jumper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you wore the sleeves torch, you had red cuffs, didn't red you? Red cuffs, yeah. 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 Uh, so I was looking at... Unless you were John Herriot. Who had the three quarter league Yeah, he was lucky like that that'd get banned today. That's He'd right. get fined for not having <laughs> the correct uniform. The um, uh, what was I say? I've forgotten now. Oh yeah, you're talking about the what about the coaches? Someone sent us an email about this, and I way uh, got way late it. Um, you know how the coaches sit in the box and they get interviewed. Uh-huh. There's no space left on some of their polos to put. Logos put and put like. an extra little sponsors badge. And it was pointed out to us by a listener. Did you watch the World Cup of the soccer? Oh, little bits of it. 
Not one coach had any piece of advertising on whatever. Is that the, really? Is that true? They're wearing suits or jackets. Yeah, Some did yeah. have trackies on, yeah, track yeah. suits, isn't it? No. And this is. And what? So and they got do, they wear, do they wear like a suit or do they? Some wear, do. Yeah. Some 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 espouse the tie. Yeah, but even the tie doesn't have no, like a no. little BMW badge on no, it or no, something. No, and no. so here here's this thing that's got eight million people, eight billion watching. Here's yeah. an opportunity for marketing. No, they don't do it. Some of them have the club logo on their, yeah, on their jacket, but that's about all. National flag, because yeah. it's so, a World Cup. Yeah. So we've got to wait four years to have a look for it again. I think you'll find... So at a World Cup, when you have the after-match press conference... Yeah, yeah, no, no pull-ups. <laughs> <there's, there's> no. <laughs> Unless... The, I didn't see that, but yeah. individual countries, I don't think, were flogging any. And the same. When you go to the Olympic Games, I think yeah. you'll find the perimeter fence, it, it doesn't light up. Mm. With ads going around it as no, well, no. it's become a, a nonsense. Do you know what should be? Uh, I know you'll have a very creative idea, but <laughs> you know what should be initiated for the coaches? No. Um, they What's have that, Bill? they have themed weekends all the yeah, time. Yes, uh, you know, heritage round, country game. country round, retro yes. round, indigenous round. Why don't they have a round where the coaches have to engage um, the match day um, in the style of? Their favourite coach of that club. Oh yeah, Alistair Clarkson could have, you know, a John Kennedy's overcoat. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not just an overcoat. It's a gabardine. Correct. Uh, what Brad is gabardine, Scott by the way? Quickly round the A little fake moustache <laughs> with the big. Um, Billy, that is a superb yeah. idea. I'd, I'd like to see the Melbourne and, with um, with Norm Smith's plastic raincoat. That's uh, right, yes. with with the little press studs, with the little press studs, and their spray yeah. on hair and, dye and, of red. And as a listener who wrote in during the week suggested, what, how about they one week they have. The footy round. <laughs> oh, I, I think that, that's our social question for mm. the morning on the Twitter. Um, in, in keeping, in the spirit of Billy's suggestion of, of the coaches going heritage coaching round, c- come up with another round. There aren't enough specialist <laughs> rounds, and we want you to suggest one. We know that everyone down the AFL listens to the show, and they're all always on the lookout for new ideas. Tweet through to us on the Could Have Been's Twitter feed uh, what you think is the missing round, the special round that the AFL has overlooked so far, and let us know what it is. Because it is the last round it is. Uh, of the home and away season, yeah. and in some Regards well, in a large portion actually, it's become an anticlimax. A couple of weeks ago, everyone was saying, Oh, oh it's going to come down to the last and then round. By, by the end of last weekend, suddenly it was yeah. all done. It was going to be decided yeah. by percentage at one yeah. stage. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, the AFL, couldn't the AFL have fixed that? Oh. Well, they can fix everything else. <laughs> Why did they just what, yeah. are, what are you suggesting? No, well, I don't know. It, they, it's true, like, not, not only that, is there this. The, much anticipated things all sort of went up in smoke last weekend. Everyone sort of at the bottom of their football hearts knows that next weekend is nothing. Mm. So, it's actually, so it feels even more strange. No, so yeah. it's, it's, it's too, too yeah. dud. I think yeah. there's going to be a, a, a um, direct telecast of the VFL game on Friday night. That's about it. Next week. Mm. Well, see, anyway, so you've still got half, half an interest because – Hawthorne and Sydney are playing for the fourth spot. Fourth spot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were hoping there was going to be about six sides playing for the eighth spot. <laughs> yeah. The Melbourne uh, but, GWS game and the Port Essendon game both could have been decisive. But yeah, not. there's reasons to go to the footy, but they're just not the normal ones. Yeah. Like, you know, la- last night over, I was going to say Football Park, but of course, what's it called now? It's not Footy Park. Adelaide Oval. Footy Park is no more. Now, we're going to talk about that today. Are we? Mm. Like we're gonna, we're, the Footy Park, we, we alerted you a few weeks ago to the fact that Footy Park is being demolished. Mm. And uh, later in the program, we're going to talk to 
uh, Ron Danvers. Ron Danvers, mm. who was the architect of Footy Park. Oh, fantastic. So I don't know whether he, he might be a little bit emotional about oh, okay. his well, creation. Cool. But, but last night at, at Adelaide Oval, mm. the, the Port supporters were all there, and they more or less stayed to the end too. No. But it was all a bit of an anti-climax, no. wasn't it? Will it be the same down at Geelong today against, well, I think, against the Sunny Boys? Well, I, well, they know they're in the eight now. Well, that, that, they, they may not stay there. If they lose to the Gold Coast Suns today by heaps and North Melbourne win by heaps and bump up their percentage, then they could leapfrog Geelong into the eight. Oh, but, well, you could. Can you just, you know, during the news, go out and work that out on ah, the ladder predictor for us? I think, I think we've got a caller to the program who may have already done that. Oh, I think we might hear so we might, we, we might stand by for him a bit okay. later. So is it too early to go, go back to the time capsule to see? No. No. What, do you reckon you went all right? Did no, you? I, don't, I think I went pretty poorly, actually. I think we all did, actually. Yeah, yeah well. so Geelong have got the sunny boys down at Geelong. And then Collingwood, I don't. And you said you know can't the league fix things? How did the league allow this to happen? Like what Collingwood? Mm. They're, they're they're having to go all the way over to Perth. They're not going to Perth. Yes, but <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> so see the league. Yeah. The league aren't as all powerful no. as, as they've it, somehow allowed this to happen. Who are they playing? They're playing the Fremantle, yep. and they're playing them this afternoon yeah. in Perth at at whatever it's called well, over I mean, in no, Perth. Think about it. At think not about Subiaco. It. Think about it, Richard. Yeah, you know, you've got a week off next week. Mm-hmm. You fly to Perth. Yep. Have a game of footy this afternoon. Mm. Then you knock about down at Margaret River for a week. Oh, right? you know, get on the get on the surfboard. Get on the. Do turps. you think that's what they'll be doing? Oh, well, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. That, I don't know that Bucks would endorse that. You'd be mad that. if you don't. Well, it, uh, I, I, I didn't realise Collingwood played games in Perth, but apparently, not only do they, it's the last game of the year, their leagues made them go over. There. What time's that game start? Well, it, it's you know how difficult it is when you're looking yeah. up the fixture. It says a time four thirty-five. But wait, mm. it's two thirty-five. Torch, you, you've lived in yeah, Western so Australia. Also, You'll know what this means. It's 2.35 AWST. Mm. Australian Western summertime. <laughs> so uh, springtime. No, yeah. 4.35 Eastern, Eastern, which is here. 2.35. I'll tell you something, and I'll tell you right now. Tell us. Having seen Frio last Saturday, mm. they should start now. Yeah. <laughs> All right? What's going wrong there? Well, they had three quarters without a goal, and Collingwood play a game that make it very difficult to score against. They'll be... They, They'll be they'll be hunting for the for the books this week yeah. to see whether if they don't score again. Do well, you, yeah. you think the coach might be under some pressure? So yeah. as we keep going through the anti-climax um, scoreboard, Torchy, you're playing Hawthorne. Yeah, that is up big. there for fourth spot. It, it, but Sydney don't go any good in Sydney. No, well, no, we've turned that around. We beat Collingwood there. Can you move no. it out to Homebush? <laughs> yeah, do they still play games out there? Yeah, that was play, always they good. They play rugby and soccer out there. They don't but, play but they don't play footy there anymore. No. So, no. but there is was talk that if the Swans come up against the Giants during the finals, that they might have to play it there. Okay. Which could Giants. happen. Get out the ladder predictor quickly. Because right. if the Giants are the home team, they won't want to play at the SCG. Yeah. So it's it, look. Everyone wrote the swans off a month ago. We we were we were poking fun at you, <laughs> Torch. <laughs> Particularly after losing to Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah what happened, what there? happened there? there? What the Gold Coast thought they were up and away well, yeah. that day, and they they were going to have a red hot finish mm. to the season. Well, I think it's called aberration when something like that happens. Something's come. Buddy started training again. That's yeah. helped. <laughs> that helped. Yes. Oh. yes. And, and well, uh, here's another thing. Hawks look all right too, Torch. I'd be a bit worried. You've got another oh, yeah, chance. You've got another chance to look at the magnificent grandstands at the new stadium in Adelaide that's replacing Footy Park because Carlton tonight 
are playing the Crows over there. So the, so the whole the, 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 the mag- no, they're not. No, they're no not. where are they playing that Down one? Down at the Docklands. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, yeah. So, so, so that's tonight at the Docklands. Yeah. Carlton can't have, can't have two games in a row in Adelaide. No. No. So Adelaide are having to come here. Mm. Oh. Unless they, they they'd all come over for the well, they're coming over for the Melbourne they, Riders. Perhaps they anyway. won't. Be, oh, that's right. So they've got a reason to come. Yeah. And then the Eagles have to have to go as far as you can possibly go in a straight Brisbane. line in Australia, Perth to Brisbane, mm. and. Uh, and play the Bears. Yeah, I think the Bears are a chance too. Mm. Yeah, well, and uh, a lot of people were very bullish about Melbourne last week, and clearly Andy went and hasn't come back. <laughs> now they've made the eight. Or did he? Did he have a? Did he have a weekend pass for the snow? And he's got to use it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon there's, there's a good cover. Oh, up there. <laughs> I, it never, they've got record snow, and they're in the eight. I mean, it's just. Oh cool. yeah, and that that shop in Mansfield where you hire the skis and everything. There's nothing left. Well, well. About midday yesterday, the the stock market spiked, <laughs> and people said, "Oh, that's clearly the the the, the uh, decisions come through from the party room." Uh, uh, uh. That was turnover at that <laughs> shop in Mansfield <laughs> at lunchtime. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. You're with the Could Have Been Champions. Our, our Twitter social media question of the morning is um, special rounds. Uh, clearly, there's, there's room, for, room for a lot of improvement in the special round department. So tweet us through what's the special round that's missing from the league's and fixture. Do we know, need a reason why they've chosen that? Oh, yeah. You can, you can, yeah, you're People free to justify explain. it in any way you, you wish. Uh, and, and as well, then uh, coming up in the program, we're going to go bush. We're going up to the border, up to North Albury to talk to a three. Is that they, the grasshoppers in North, North Albury? Uh, Gee, I don't know. Talk. I think they might be. Uh, well, well, it's, well, the, it's the ovens of Murray, isn't it? Yeah, 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 That's yeah. where Brett Kirk came from. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that was what the whole thing was leading up to. <laughs> Thank you, Torch. Uh, they've got their first round of gameplay. We'll be talking to him. Also, uh, grand final time in the Northern Football League Women's Division 2. Talking to uh, one of the stars out there. Then in the second hour of the program, we've got a cult hero today. Oh, really? Digby Morell. Digby, yes. Played for North and Carlton. And also, we are going to talk to the architect of Football Park, Ron Danvers, as the steel claws tear away at the grandstands. We say hello to Ronnie Danvers a bit later about, well, surely it should be Ronald. Yes. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. That, and, and, and Champs isn't here. Champs is in Queensland. But he he we, may join us online later in the program. But while he's away, why don't we play one of his records? That's a good idea. And given the events of the week, <laughs> and and given the fact that, you know, the way some teams are finishing the league, the, the, the clubs are going into a huddle about people's future, let's just have a look at what the true meaning of having the full support of the board. Coaches come in two kinds Those who ran out of time And the ones who's sacking They are working hard toward You'll know you're on your way When you hear the cliche Do, do, do Full support of the board Sanderson was booted Lepage too was neutered Wusher walked and even Mick, he got put to the sword The writing's on the wall though, when you hear the call though Do, 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 full support of the board Even presidents though, they are not exempt though A favourite footy phrase this week again has been restored at the Swan Street Centre, 
coach and president of Do, do, do for support of the board Do, do, do for support of the board Now, if you thought that sounded a little bit... Um more produced, more professional, <laughs> polished. It's because Greg went into the studio and uh, put a lot of work into uh, bringing out really nice versions of, of all of our favourite songs, and they're on the new CD, which is out now. If you like the sound of that, there's lots more of them. Just go to the Coulda Means website, coulda.means.com.au, and you can click through and get yourself the the new Coulda Means CD. It's full support of the board. It all came all came to a head this week. Mm. Deary, deary me. Mm. Yeah. Now, as you mentioned before, Ian, uh, yeah. this, uh, I'm astonished. It's like the Ovens and Murray is, is one of the most powerful mm-hmm. leagues in Australia, isn't it? It's it produced yes. a huge, huge um, level of players at the highest level. Mm. But for the first time in the history of the O and M's, a player has reached the 300 game milestone, which is sensational. Given uh, uh, the the competitive nature of, of that league. Dan Leslie has played his career at uh, North Albury, who are known as the Hoppers, and he joins us online now. Welcome to the Kudamins, Dan. Dan, hello. He's hopped off. <laughs> <laughs> I find that odd that it's the first time someone's played 300 games, though, because I, I think it's there, for, the, for the club, I think. Yeah, but they all play till they're about... 75. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what surprised me. Oh, Dan's there now. Hello, Dan. G'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, Very good, well. Dan. Now, look, before we, we get into the 300 games and the, the traditions of the hoppers, I want you to try and remember back to your very first game in the juniors. Can you remember it? Um, yeah, I can, I reckon. Yeah, it's a long time ago, obviously. T- being tell us about kid. it. I think I was a skinny little kid just running around trying to get the pill and, and have a bit of fun and... I don't think much has changed in 20 years. I, I still try and do the same things, run around and try and get a kick. How old were you then, Dan? Uh, my first game would have been Auskick, so I would have been six or seven, I reckon. <laughs> and, and you've been nowhere else in between? Uh, I've had little stints, you know, junior clubs elsewhere, but as far as, yeah, senior footy career goes, I've you know, been at North Albury since 2000, and, yeah, that's where I've stayed. And, and of course, um, the club's been going, what, 81 years and you're the first player to make the 300-game uh, milestone. Did, did it start to loom up a couple of seasons ago and you think, gee, I might keep going here on a chance to create this wonderful record? Yeah, that's Yeah, 81 years in North Albany Footy Club. And, yeah, to be the first is pretty special. Eh? Our greatest ever player in Stan Sargent uh, has played 289. So I, I got him earlier in the year. Mm. Um, and, yeah, to push on to play 300 is pretty special. And it's, it's probably something you don't play for, but... Um, yeah, to get there, yeah, it's a really proud moment for myself, family, and yeah, obviously the footy club to have a throwing game footballer. Well, I just feel very sorry for the Sergeant family to have that record taken <laughs> from them in such a selfish manner. <laughs> yeah, hey, Dan, uh, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'll be 36 next month. Oh, yep. well, for a bush footballer, you're still pretty young. You could rack up the uh, 400. Are you just going to yeah. keep on going? No, that'll be it for me, mate. I, I had a, yeah, a bit of a knee injury. Midway through the year, and, and I thought this was a good time to go out on my own terms, you know, playing 300 at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a nice way to go out. You, you know, my age, you're really only one serious injury away from retirement. So good yeah. way to bow out in one piece. Um, would you be inclined to stay around the, the club in a, a coaching capacity? Uh, as far as senior footy goes, I think I'll step away. I, you know, I've got kids now that are playing Auskick and, yeah, and coming right. through there, so... I think I'll get involved in the junior side of things for a few years and, yeah, just enjoy a bit of family time. So, at North Albury uh, poised to play in the finals, Dan? 
Yeah, we're going to miss out. We're going to finish six. So oh. it, it, it's top five year, and yeah, this will be our last game. So I think we're two games out, but um, yeah, the five that are in there deserve to be there. So in your, uh, how many seasons is it to play round of games? Um, so yeah, my first senior game was in two thousand, and uh, the only time I went away was oh five. I went over and played in the Waffle for a year with Perth Demon. So. Yeah, 18, 18 seasons at North Albury takes to get 300 up. How many coaches have you played under? Back in about five or six. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. was Jason Akamanis one of them? Yeah, yep. Akamanis was our coach a few years ago, and yeah, he's still around town, and yeah, I bump into him quite often. So, what position do you play? Uh, various positions. I played centre back, centre forward, and yeah, later in my career, got on ball and had a run around trying to get the footy. When you were at centre-half forward, did Acker kick it to you or did you just uh, look for the goal? <laughs> you know what Acker's like? He's all about Acker. So. <laughs> Acker's seen the big sticks and that's what he wanted. Yeah. Now, now, Dan, you, you're playing for a great club in, in what is a great league. I suppose now that you've got to the 300 games, you can look back on it and see like, yeah, the, the reputation that the O&Ms has throughout football is, is extremely high. You've played, you played your 300 games at a very high standard and North Albury, uh, that very special kind a football club that wears the green and gold. It's mm. not seen very often, and the grasshoppers wear, wear, wear the green and gold. And it's just something special and distinctive about that jumper, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. We're a really proud club, and you know you, you don't know many clubs that are called the Hoppers, and yeah, we're really proud of it, and um, yeah, really proud of the strip that we wear. And as a kid, you always grow up and want to play the best foot you can. And Arms and Murray's obviously held pretty high around Australia, and yeah, I'm just glad that I could have played my career out there. And, of course, you've got a long list of individual records, three-time club best and fairest, four-time North Orby leading goal kicker, nine times Ovens and Murray rep, six times Victorian country rep, New South Wales rep, 2012, all-Australian centre-half forward. But it's all about team success, and you managed to save that on one occasion in the senior company, Dan? Yeah, that's right, 2002. I think I was only 19, so... Win a grand final in your second year of senior footy. You think it's going to happen every year, and I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. It was the only one I got. But, um, yeah, really proud moment, and, you know, that's definitely the highlight of the 18 years I've had at North Albury. It's why play footy, and, yeah, loved every minute of it. A- any grand finals subsequent to 2002? Yeah, so we played in 04 and 07, and, yeah, we lost both those grand finals and a couple of prelims in there as well. Mm. Now, Dan, um, you mentioned that you went over and played for Perth. Was that at Lathlane? Yeah, Lathlane Park, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the Redlegs, yeah. How did you end up over there? Uh, just recruiting. Um, I think I was only 21 at the time and uh, wanted to go to the next level and um, they come over and had, had a look at me at a couple of games and yeah, said come over and have a kick. So I went over there and played under Stan Magro. Paul McCollin was great. And, yeah. You know, former assistant coach of Freo, so... I think I come back a better player and spent twelve months over there, but yeah, really learned a lot and yeah, enjoyed my time over there. What's your vocation, uh, Dan? My what? Sorry. What do you do for a quid? Um, I'm a painter, so yeah, I run my own business. So yeah, I paint new homes in Albury and with a brush a or a roller or a pallet uh, knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've moved up in the world. We use spray guns nowadays, yeah. so it's it's a lot easier these days than what it was mm. when I first Look, started. I'll, and I'll give you a tip. Charge by the hour and use a pallet knife. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan, Dan you, you said you've got a young family now and, and they're having a, a, a they're starting out at Auskick. Tell us, tell us what you can about them. Yeah, so my young bloke's only he's turning five next month, and it was his first year of midgets this year in the Auskick. Midgets. Yeah, so he's um, he's pretty mad. He, you know, he's been brought up around footy. Obviously, following me around, and he loves it more than I do. So he's going to be pretty devastated today when he finds out the last game run through the banner, but, you know, 
he lives for it, you know. He, he carries a footy around and he wears his hobbies gear everywhere he goes. And uh, my daughter, she she's nearly eight, and um, yeah, she really loves the footy as well. And, and is she playing? Uh, she's going to play next year. So yeah, she's right into a basketball and swimming and stuff at the moment and dancing like little girls do. But uh, she'll so have a run around next year. And the Hoppers have, have got girls and women's teams going. Uh, they're trying to get one up and running. I think it's yeah, pretty new in Albury, the, the girls' comp, and there's only a few teams at the moment. But, yeah, it's something they're looking at uh, getting getting going in the future. And what's the club got planned post-match tonight? Is there a bit of a celebration of the year and your career, Dan? And these yeah, are... yeah, look, they try and keep it a little bit hush-hush, I think. They keep oh, look, it, no one's listening to us, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even know. That's the problem. They keep it a secret from me. I think everyone else knows except me, but... Um, yeah, they're really good at celebrating milestones and, and things like that. So I guess they'll do something back at the club. We're lucky enough to have a, a great sports club at our, our footy ground that looks over the ground. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get back there and, yeah, have a, have a couple of drinks with the boys and, yeah, celebrate, you know, what I've done. Well, they're trying to keep it a secret, but during the week he was asked to paint a big sign saying, <laughs> congratulations, Dan, 300 games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, not a real good secret. Right. And who are you playing today? Uh, we're playing Coral Rutherglen today at home. Righto. And uh, you played him earlier in the year? Oh, look, we'll let Dan go, I think, there. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a question for Billy. Can, Ask you have, away. can you have a knees up with a dodgy knee, Bill? Well, yeah. You can, but the up isn't very up. <laughs> and, and, and by this time of the year, you're not feeling any pain, Torch. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, we're going to be going out to the Northern Footy League shortly, but just but just before we do, how about Lock? We'll have we'll have another one from Champs's Champs's new CD. Let's have another listen. Meet me at the G at the gate where members go. That's where the in crowd goes to get away from the bones. In the members stand, wave to mates of my old man. And while the game's in play, our feast is so gourmet. So come and join me for prosciutto, prosecco, smash that avocado, a baguette, bruschetta, balsamic vinaigrette, some gouda, and shaved ham, camembert, and eat ham, with olives and blue cheese, come on number 14, when it's cheese ball time, after a goal by 29. A verve clicker we will pour But where is our number four? So come and join me for Prosciutto, Prosecco Smash that avocado A baguette, bruschetta Balsamic vinaigrette Some gouda and shaved ham Camembert and eat ham With olives and blue cheese Come on number 14 Prosciutto, Prosecco Smash that avocado A baguette, bruschetta Balsamic vinaigrette Some gouda and shaved ham Camembert and eat ham with olives and blue cheese, come on number 14. Now you've got the full studio production version of the cheese board song yes. from the new Could Have Been's footy CD. The which mouth is trumpet sounded very lush. Out now. Well, you have to go to a studio <laughs> to get the mouth trumpet sound 
Right. Mm. I think Billy. Yes, you're right. Yeah. doesn't just work any old place. <laughs> uh, just talking to Dan Leslie, as we were, about uh, North Albury Grasshoppers, and we wish him well for his round and final game today. When we were in Wangaratta the other week, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lovely chap whose name escapes me now, gave me a copy of the, the footy record, as it would be, for the Chiltern and District League from 1950. Ooh, really? Called Sports Talk. Oh. Uh, of the Northeast and Riverina. It's not an official publication of the Chiltern District League. What is it? It's oh, the... Gazette? No, close. Oh, the official organ. Thank you. <laughs> yes, magnificent. Hey, yep. Bring that back. Uh, Michael Lovett, can the footy record say on the front cover, official organ of the AFL? Yeah, well, they've, they're only, they've only got four more footy records to make under the old regime. Well, that's right. Mm. Um, and today's matches included South Albury right. playing mm. against Bandiana. Yes. Huh? That's what the, uh, the army base is. That's right. It, yeah. it was Barnum Wather against how long? Bandiana v South Albury, Chilton versus Waganya, Springhurst versus Wodonga Rovers, and Corowa Stars versus Lavington. And it's just wonderful old style reporting in here. It still had the footy, um, you know, the teams listed. Yeah. And is what it, about this one? Mm. This is the Sports Talk Best and Fairest Progressive Voting up to and including August the 8th. Right. <laughs> R. Howes, Chilton, on 311 votes. Ooh. Uh, D. Chrisfield, Wagania, 303. Then we go back to W. Bryant Jr. on 182. G. Miller, Coral Stars, 167. Then the rest have got less than 90. Bit hard. To, there's a whole gaggle on one, two, and three. Bit, bit hard to make up 300 votes <laughs> when you're only on one, two, or three. <laughs> on August the 8th. <laughs> Are any of the articles written in the, the, um, the uh, news tone? Style voice. Oh, let, let me have a look. If it's an organ, it should be. <laughs> Springhurst outpointed Watson's Warriors won in masterly fashion at Springhurst and kept the home team scoreless for the half for half of the game. Yeah, that's the thing. Masterly, masterly is good. And up the back, Chilton loses Frank Ball. No, hang on. Lavington not easy for South. The local provided strong opposition for South, showing flashes of teamwork which make next year's prospects very bright. <laughs> South Aubrey had an abundance of big men and won as they liked in the air. <laughs> and the sponsors of the the organ. Uh, you got any financial planners or no, anything? No, we've got the home away from home, Jack Scott's How Long Hotel. And if you want to ring them at the phone number, yeah. five. <laughs> and on the back page? How long? Five. <laughs> you either could have no, been no, champions no. on ABC. I got one more for you. J Man and Son for groceries, general merchants for produce, hardware, building supplies, etc. Agents for insurance and vacuum oil company. Phone 61, Ooh. High Street, Wodonga. I think that's pronounced a vacuum. Vacuum. <laughs> uh, Around the leagues, it's finals time and it's finals weather today. And uh, in in the Northern Football League women's, it's grand final day today. So very pumped up out there. West Preston Lakeside Roosters are playing the Montmorency Magpies. Uh, the skipper of the Roosters is Chloe Kalange and she joins us online now. Welcome to the Kudamins, Chloe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, grand final day. Is this your first grand final? No. So last year we made it through to the grand final, but we unfortunately we lost. To the same, so, same opponent? No, we played um, um, VU Spurs. Last oh, the year. VU side. So, yeah. where, so what happened to them this year? 
So we beat them in the qualifying oh. two weeks ago. And then they played Montmorency last week. And, yeah, obviously Montmorency beat them mm. in a close game. And what's your form line against Montmorency? So we were undefeated until the very last home and away game uh-huh. where we played Montmorency, actually. Mm. And they beat us by, I think, six points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we kicked two goals, eleven or something. Oh. So it wasn't our best game. So, but mm. was it the loss you have to have, Chloe? I think I, I actually think so. Uh, mm. We were obviously very disappointed with the loss, but I think it's made us want it a bit more now. Mm. We're yeah, we're very we're very excited, and we obviously want to get one back with Monty. Mm. Are you playing at Coburg the grand final? No, um, Preston, Preston City Oval. Oh, Preston oh, City Oval, yeah. what a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's tomorrow. What time's the bounce? 11.40. Oh, what a beauty. What's now, your home ground? Our home ground is J.E. Moore in Reservoir. Yeah. Is, is that the one near the uh, Red Rooster? It's near um, Edwards Lake. It's near the Lakeside oh, yeah. 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 Hotel. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Cl- Chloe, I know it's yeah, it's grand final. You're very team oriented and all of that, but you're the yeah. skipper of the side. Can you tell us a bit about your own footy, like when you started playing? Okay, this is my second season. And you're captaining a side into a grand final. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> so I don't know how I got the gig, but yes, I. What, what sport um, were you? I am very honest. What What sport were you playing until two years ago? Uh, basketball. Okay. Yeah, so West Preston came into the league last season and I just thought I just wanted to give it a crack with a new side and none of us had actually ever played football before. I think there's about three or four girls at home. Wow. So to make it into the grand final last year was amazing. We were just happy to get there. Mm-hmm. And then this year we just want to make take it one step further. Yeah, it's, it's different now. The happiness is over. It's a serious business now. <laughs> now if you play <laughs> basketball, it. Chloe, I guess you're yeah. tall-ish. Uh, oh, not really. Where but, do you play... On the field? Uh, midfield. Okay. Yeah, look, Billy, yeah. there's this misapprehension people have that basketball is a non-contact sport. Mm. As Chloe will know, that's that's a, a, a sort of something that's honoured in the breach a bit, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. In saying that, though, you're only worried about five opposition players, whereas football, they come from anywhere. So, right. so Chloe, <laughs> tell us about when you started playing. You said you only started playing footy two years ago. You'd obviously played a lot of basketball. What, yep. what for you, just technically, as a team sport player, was the biggest challenge in adjusting? Um, I just think the physical aspect of it. It was very challenging, just my general awareness of the fact that anyone can come from anywhere at any time. So... <laughs> That was, yeah, that was a bit challenging. And have they? Have, have, they, have they come from <laughs> anywhere, any time, and you weren't ready for them? Well, a couple of times, but not, not too many. I, I think I've improved in that a little bit over the last couple of years. And, Chloe, what's your lineage? Kalange is a name I haven't heard before. Yes, Kalange is Croatian. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> and, and have you managed, are you combining the two sports and still playing basketball? Yeah, still playing a little bit of basketball, just more socially now. Um, but, yeah, I'm all about footy these days. And, and as captain, mm-hmm. do you, uh, you know, take some responsibility for, you know, we often see that the team comes into a huddle, uh, even though you've been addressed by the coach, yeah. where, where you say a few words as well? I do, I try to. I try to give the girls a bit of a pump up. Mm. I know it works all the time, but, um, yeah, I just try and be more encouraging out on the field and, because mm. um, we're obviously all still learning, I'm still learning. 
I've never been a captain before either. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a challenge, but I have loved doing it. It's been great. And the you, girls have been really supportive. Do you draw on any sort of inspira- inspirations for your little addresses? Um, not really. I kind of – I try and think about it a couple of days before we go out, just depending on how our week's been, who we're playing against, and we just try and play really team-orientated sport. We're pretty – tight-knit group. We've been pretty low on numbers this year, so we've kind of stuck together and that's the main... That's what I mainly say. Uh, Chloe, I just want to interrupt you for a minute and just remind our listeners that Covey's oh. quiz is coming up and uh, now's a good time to dial one three hundred triple two seven seven four one three hundred triple two seven seven four to join Covey's uh, quiz. Chloe, just getting back to what you were saying there about numbers, you'll tell us a bit about the club, the West Preston Lakeside Roosters. Have you got junior teams? We do. We've got a under-16s team who actually won the grand final last week and we've been involving them a bit this year with us. They've been training with us on a Thursday. So we're trying to integrate them and hopefully they stick around and really come up. And so you're the skipper of the seniors. Do you get involved on the coaching side with the juniors? Oh, we haven't this year. Um, I, I don't know if I like coaching, but we have been trying to get to a few of the girls' games and just just get to know them so they feel comfortable with us and yeah we obviously want to that's right you never know on. when you're going to be one short and you might nominate one to come up and play oh uh, exactly right we've played with 17 girls a couple of times this year so a couple of them have been filled in trials which has been great and uh, chloe i guess you you're going to go through a run through today um onto the ground um, have you outsourced the graphic design of that uh, banner to uh, CK Designs? Because I believe they're quite good. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if we've got a banner this year, but um, yeah, I'm a graphic designer and I do try and do a little bit for the club when I can. Oh, very good. Get the old Pantone out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and talking of design and all, the, the, the jumper that you wear, yep. can you just describe that for us? Yep, so we have a white jumper which all the seniors do at our club mm-hmm. um and it's got the blue and the red v at the top okay is there a version that's like blue with a red and white v yeah so that's what the juniors wear mm-hmm. okay yeah. i think a lot of people probably don't remember but it's actually a merged club mm-hmm. west preston merged with reservoir lakeside many years ago and Reservoir Lakeside were the red and white team. Yeah. Ah, right. Well, a very successful team down my way, South Barland, they wear the blue with the mm. red and white V. Yeah. It's a good look. Mm. Yeah, it is a good look. <laughs> it's a good look. Look, uh, Chloe, th- thanks so much for, for joining us this morning. It, it's uh, it's wonderful to be involved in a grand final, of course, but it also sounds like it's wonderful mm. being involved in just building this club up and inducting lots of young women into football, and uh, it's all in front of you, regardless of the outcome of tomorrow's game. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Good luck, Chloe. Thank you. Good. Thanks a lot. Chloe Kalange is the skipper of West Preston Lakeside Roosters. They're playing in the Northern Football League Women's Division 2 GF tomorrow against the Montmorency Magpies. 11.40 start at Preston City Oval. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we must follow it up last week. Make a note for uh, Chris to follow it up during the week because last week we spoke to Freya Logan who was playing in the VAFA Premier B Blue Women's League Grand final, and I think for um, West Brunswick Magpies, yeah. they were playing in the first, they were playing St Mary's, in the seconds they were playing Old Geelong. I haven't heard from my friends at the Ogs how that went, so anyone knows how that went the game between 
West Brunswick and the Ogs in uh, the seconds that we talked about last week. We'd like to know whether Freya was victorious because she was the skipper too, wasn't she? We also want to know who won the first as well. (laughs) Yes, we do. And there's finals and grand finals underway around the leagues all over the place right now. I'm going to watch the second semi-final in the Ballerine Football League this afternoon between Barwon Heads and Mottawari. Where's that being played? It's being played at Port Arlington. What a lovely day. You can sort of mm-hmm. half-time have a few muscles. And what about if the, if the breeze gets up? Does it affect it? Oh, I won't today. No, it's a perfect... No, no. You, you know finals are just around the corner with weather like this yeah, this weekend, you don't you? You can almost smell it. Yeah, can't you? you can indeed. Yeah. It's time now for Covey's Quiz. The number to call is 1-300-222-774, 1-300-222-774. Ian, your first contestant on the line is Jason in Murlbark. Uh Hello, Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah, good, Jason. Uh, good to talk to you, as always. Can you tell me who won the football last night? Because I was at the NGV and I've got no idea. Essendon. Essendon. They beat Port Adelaide. Okay. Well, they've finished on a high, but for Port Adelaide, mm. it'll be a long off-season. There'll be a lot of soul-searching. Well, well, we still haven't seen the video from Koshy at the <laughs> aftermatch. I'm looking out for that. Oh, there was apparently some footage of Koshy and a couple of other board members having a confab at quarter time. There was a bit of mm. glowering going on. And, and did you send Koshy had his camel hair overcoat no, on too? No. Just in case you couldn't <laughs> see him. Uh, sorry, Jason. Um, look, the name Morrison has been in the news over this week and overnight. Um, there was a Peter Morrison who played footy. He played one game for Footscray back in the 70s. Then he went to play for another club. Do you know which the... He played one game, one club, and then he played another 90 games at another club. Do you know who the second club was? Fitzroy? No. Uh, bad luck, Bad luck, Peter. Jason. Thanks uh, for playing. Bad luck, Jason. Let's go to the old mate, Greggy and Caram Downs. They're all the old mates that are lining up today. Hello, Greggy. Hey, Hello, Greggy. boys. How are you? Good. You must be excited. No, not really. I can't go to the footy. Yeah, they but... They decided to play us the other side of the country. Oh, and that's such a hardship for Collingwood. <laughs> I'm one of the five times you've had to leave Victoria this year. <laughs> Have you got a TV? I'm watching it with friends and family later on today. Because we, we know a bloke who might be able to get you one, that was all. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going past Northland too today. Hey, <laughs> uh, Greg, uh, Peter Morrison, he played one game for Footscray, then went on to play 90 for another club. Do you know which club it was? Yes, South Melbourne, Sydney. That's yeah, right. just and South Melbourne. And yes. we had him on the show a couple of years ago when yeah. he was coaching well, Stratford. 35, did he work south? He did. He did, that's right. He's got quite a handy... He was a utility. He was. A <laughs> ruck raving type. Yeah. Hey, uh, Greg... Yeah, mate. There's another Morrison, Brian Morrison, who played for Richmond back in the 60s, played about six games. He was also a champion in another uh, pursuit. Was it sheep shearing, cross-country skiing or show jumping? Oh, yeah. <laughs> i try it. Show jumping, maybe. Well, you've just fallen off the horse. <laughs> no worries, boys. Take care. We'll catch up soon. Thanks yeah, for go playing, boys. Greg. Yeah, good uh, on you. Rob's in Catabatite. Hello, Robbie. Rob, hello. Just How are you going? Yeah, there good, is. Rob. Yeah, good. How's the weather? Oh, sun's out. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's, finals. it's finals. Is there finals up your way this week? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. We've got uh, two eliminations today and uh, a couple, something else tomorrow. You going to watch in? one? Yeah, we're in the uh, under-15 netball elimination. We're playing Tokemore. Toke. Right. Yep. Uh, 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 now, uh, who was it? Brian Morrison played six games for Richmond. Uh, was he a champion in sheep shearing or cross-country skiing? 
Now, if you had said he played for Melbourne, we would have went with the skiing. But mm. Probably Richmond will say shearing. Shearing is correct. He was Australian shearing champion in 67 and 68 and set a world record for shearing 410 merinos in a day. Mm. And yep. it came from Avenal. Yes, that's right. And then he, and he, he started up a, a clothing band called Morrison's, Morrison's, of, Morrison's of, of Uroa. Of Uroa, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're in, um, you still see the ad on the telly now, they make possum socks and all sorts yep, of things. Yeah, that's right, they're yeah. still going. Yeah, he's yep. a beauty, Brian. So there you go, that was another Morrison for you. Now I've got another name that's been in the news this week, uh, Dutton. Uh, there's a Robert Dutton who played one game uh, for Carlton in 1981 and... Uh, he described his one game for Carlton as one of these. A big thrill, a disappointment, or a shocker? Yeah, a shocker. He had a shocker. <laughs> I met Robert Dutton in Hobart on Monday night. He's a ripper bloke, and uh, he, he's in uh, food supply caper these days. He was a star in Tassie, and uh, he did play at Carlton, and he had a shocker. Um, if you want your mutton, go to Dutton. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in the game he played for Carlton, uh, he had a beautiful set of numbers. He, he had across kicking, handballing and marking because he had the same number in each. What was that number? Would they be duck eggs? No. Ooh. Easy mistake to make, Rob. Yeah. Thanks okay, for thank playing. Uh, yeah, let's, go, right. let's go to line six, uh, Lachlan, if we can, to Mac in Carnegie. Hello, Mac. Hello. Hello, Mac. How old are you? Eleven. Good on you. Now, Robert Dutton, in that one game he played for Carlton, he had the same number of kicks as he did handballs as marks. Was it one? It was one. Yep. Beautiful set of numbers. One kick, one handball, one mark. Mind you, he topped the reserves goal kicking with 57. and all. He was, Carlton side in 81 had Percy Jones, yeah. uh, uh Sellers would have been playing. No, they had all these rucks yeah, that could yeah, play. Yeah, Mike yeah. Fitzpatrick. I saw Percy during the week. He was coming out of the Fitzroy pool. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah I see. He crossed at the He's pedestrian line. He's down there all lines. the time yeah. reading yeah. the paper. <laughs> I saw it with the... Uh, morning uh, Perth. Yeah, Morning Perth. I see him in the supermarket down my way. Um, okay. Um, let's go on to the name uh, Bishop was in the news this week. The most recent Bishop I could find was Matthew Bishop, who played... Between 1998 and 2006, it's not all that long ago, Mac. Um, he played 18 games for Melbourne, but then went on to play 132 for an interstate club. Which one? Maybe Brisbane. No, no. bad luck. No, just before you go, Mac, who'd you barrack for? Uh, Essendon. Oh, well, yeah. you'd be happy after last yeah. night. Yeah. Thanks for playing, Mac. Good on you, Mac. Yeah. Uh, can we go to Rebecca on line one? In Mandra, in WA. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. Are we coming well, in loud and clear? You certainly are. This I just it... thought I'd finally call up for the quiz to prove how much I don't know about football. Oh, well, you can have a crack here. Um, Mandra, BT's from Mandra, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah, we're constantly reminded of it. And also, uh, <laughs> there's a Ballantyne having um, his family having the scoreboard down here at the local oval. Oh, okay. And BT's quite annoyed about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even better. Um, 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 Matthew Bishop, he played for an interstate club. We've ruled out Brisbane. Who do you think it might have been? Uh, no idea at all. I'll go to the good old stab in the dark and say Adelaide. Ooh. Ooh. Close. Oh, oh, Rebecca, that, that was so close. Oh. Thanks for playing, Rebecca. Mm. Thank you, guys. Good.
And let's go to line seven now, uh, Lockie, where we've got Freya on the line. Hello, Freya. Hi. I got told that I'm from West Brunswick and I got told that you wanted to have a chat with me. Did we talk to you last week? Yes. Did you win the flag? We did. Oh, well congratulations. Done. Well done, I'll mark that down as a correct answer for you. <laughs> what was the score, Freya? Uh, well, we were 0-0 zero, zero at three-quarter time and they'd scored um, 22 points. Um, and we came back with four goals and oh. won by two points. Oh, oh. well done. How'd you do that? <laughs> uh, I think a little bit of luck and a lot of heart. Uh, wow, well played <laughs> to you. And what were the celebrations like after the game, Freya? I think everyone was just uh, pretty euphoric and in a lot of shock. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> my, friends, my friends at Ogs will be shattered. <laughs> um, uh, just quickly, uh, can you... I'll give you a quiz. You can win the quiz this week, Fro, <laughs> to top off your week of celebrations. Matthew Bishop, did he play for Port Adelaide? True or false? Uh, true. True is true. true. He played 132 <laughs> games. And true or false, did he play in their 2004 premiership team? Uh, true. Yes, you should know that. <laughs> You're in the Premiership Club as well. Well done to you, Freya. You're the winner of the Stay quiz. Stay on the line, Freya, and we'll organise okay. you a prize. <laughs> Thanks to everyone else who rang up for the quiz. Uh, better luck next week. It's news coming up, but stay tuned, because right after the news, the Coulda Beans will back, be back with a whole other hour of the show, and I'm really looking forward to the interview with the architect who designed Football Park in Adelaide, which is being torn down. Stay tuned. John Fain. Free legal advice available for you with our talkback lawyer, David Whiting, Tuesdays after 10. Welcome back to the Could Have Been Champions on ABC Radio, ABC Digital and Digital Grandstand. Good to have you listening. If you've just joined us for the morning, welcome to you. I'm Jeff Richards and it's good morning once again to Torch McGee. Yes, good morning, Richo, and good morning to everyone out there. Uh, to Billy Baxter. Hey, Richo. Hey, listeners. To Ian Cover. Uh, yes, good morning again. Sorry. <laughs> and sitting in, sitting in Andy Belair's chair, we have Lachlan Quick. Good morning to you, Locke. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh. Hello, Lockie. <laughs> Boss, isn't that Lachlan quick? Oh, you should see him get out of the blocks, Billy. He just takes off at a million miles an hour. And Greg Champion is in Queensland. We may or he's may a, not hear from him. He's a in Gimpy. During, yes. during the course of the, uh, the, the morning. Coming know? up this hour on the program, yeah. uh, we will be joined by cult hero Digby Morell. I mean... What a name! What a what a name and what a career! I, you know, he, he was one of the, you know. There's some blokes who just you say about him. He always kicks a goal. Yeah. He used to mm. always he used to always kick at least one. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, football park, the scene of so many marvellous occasions in the history of football. We can actually start going through some of your favourite memories of football park. The Mal- the, the Malcolm Blight walkout is very prominent. But the architect who designed the original football park will be joining us later in the program as they start to tear it all down. And actually, I want to go around the around the panel before we go to, to uh, Ron later in the show. Torch, what's your favourite footy park Adelaide memory? Um... Oh, I reckon one night we were playing Adelaide there, and um, 
it was probably the start of what they somebody called the slingshot game. The Swans were playing Adelaide, and what they'd do is they'd all run forward, all the Adelaide, and all of a sudden the ball would come out back into the forward line, and there would be Adam Good standing by himself with nobody within 50 metres of him just running and kick a goal. And it felt like Christmas Day. It was. Torch. It was just like, yeah, yeah. welcome to my how world. About, how about you, Billy? I don't have any memories, <laughs> uh, because if you spend your whole life looking behind you, you'll never see what's up front. Uh, Ian, have you got a favourite from footy park? From no. football park? No. What about uh, I, Mr Colbert? Well, listen, how can that be a favourite memory? Yeah. We took a mark that wasn't paid. Cost how, us a grand final how appearance. About, how about the very first game of the Crows when they appeared and we were all dazzled by how nice their jumper looked? Yes, weren't we? And, I, and they beat Hawthorne. No, I never better. went there. I went there in 1988 to see Victoria play South Australia in a pre-season carnival as a football's gift to the Bicentennial. And Adelaide, sorry, South Australia, you know, 13-something beat Victoria 5-10 or whatever, and Gary McIntosh had a bit of a punch on with Greg Williams, and uh, I thought, this is an awful place. Mm. <laughs> and, and when they invented AFL or, or, or uh, Adelaide, and they started playing in 91, and people were immediately shocked about the behaviour and the kick of Vic and all that sort of stuff, I said, I could have told you that three years ago, and I said, after I'd been there in 88... I said, I'm never going back to this place, and, and you, I never did. And you never did. But as and, I but mentioned before... I have one, one, Billy Brownless did kick a goal from the pocket where it was impossible to kick him from, yeah. and I think the architect will tell us about that. Mm. Right-hand side of the screen, he, he kicked an um, impossible goal from there, from out near the 50-metre line, and uh, the, his, his, the reaction from the crowd, who must have been amazed that someone was able to kick from that pocket, he was throwing a half-eaten pie in a can of cake. <laughs> And, and he was really filthy because he said he could have eaten a whole pie. <laughs> <laughs> See, in those days, uh, there, were, there actually were impossible goals. These days, there's no impossible goals. No. No, Gary Ablett kicked 10-6 there one night, and they booed him all night. <laughs> don't, don't worry about the boo they factory. They for Perth. Jeffy, may I return to Ian's sports talk of the North East uh, and Riverina, official organ of the Chiltern mm-hmm. District League. By all means, Billy. I was just uh, browsing the ads in the uh, organ. Uh, during the break. How's this for supreme confidence in your brand? If it's your thirst, think of Stevens Brothers first. Stevens Brothers, phone 39 Wodonga. Doesn't tell you where they are, <laughs> what they do. you got to ring them up. Yeah. Yeah, well, everyone, out. of course, back in 1950 knew what, what, what you'd get from uh, Stevens. Uh, actually, there was a beauty that was very much of that style I did find. Yeah. Uh, from Wainak, brilliant for Bandiana. Uh, sentiment Don Fryer left the field last week with a knee injury and will be out for the remainder of the season. Des Wynak took over the pivot where his pace and lightning passes to teammates kept him constantly in the limelight. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Mm. Come on, all, all you journalists out there, yeah. re- revert to That's, the form. They're, they're, they're showing how it's done. Yes. Uh, now, oh, well, uh, the two L's, Leslie and Lehman, gave Springhurst L, as in... Yeah. Hell. The pair combined with Collingwood-like precision wow. to give their forwards every opportunity. How about that? Collingwood-like, Collingwood-like precision. In 1950. In 1950. Uh, we set an hour ago yes. a, a social media question. We wanted you to Twitter oh, someone... on the point of AFL special rounds, and there aren't enough of them. Did someone tell... Lachlan that Andy normally yeah, reads no, these out. Lachlan's all organised and he's going to... Oh, re- that's he, why his microphone been, was on. Yeah, he's been reading the best of them and he, and in the best Andy Belair's style. Lock, you've chosen what you think are the pick of the crop in our listeners' contributions. Lock, what have we got? What are people suggesting for an AFL special round? 
I think it's fair to say they've cast their net back a little way, but not all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg from Carrum Downs is after a traditional 2.10 round where every game starts at 2.10 with a reserves game before the main game. Mm-hmm. Jock, Jock is after a hun- hungry round where no player is allowed to handball at all inside the forward 50. <laughs> Uh, there's a back to sacred ground round from Brett. Uh, Hawks at Glenferry, Saints at Morabin or even the Junction. Pies at Vic Park, Cats at Corio. I don't remember mm. them playing at Corio. Mm. Um, and so on. Home sides must be in black shorts, visitors in white, no exceptions. Correct. Uh, and the other one, I think from Giggs, who's a very big fan, around the grounds round, nine games on Saturday at two in round 23. Live ladder permanently <laughs> yeah. in the bottom corner of TV screens. Teams moving up and down with every score. Around the grounders, Gareth Andrews, Swan McKay et all to be brought back to say, we've got the close one. <laughs> you put a bit Make of work in there, Gig. Yeah. Uh, v- good work, Locke. Thank you. Uh, one, one I liked was uh, around where they actually pay holding the ball. Yeah. And in the back. And in the back, yeah. <laughs> and in the background. And holding the man. <laughs> Uh, Sue C said, surely the Tigers could have a round where they wear a Tommy Havey-style T-shirt with Kick It to Royce printed on it. Uh, Richard Evans wanted a traditional cheer squad round with floggers, torn-up phone books and enormous banners with long slogans. I like the idea of thank you, Eddie, for the meatloaf round where at all for, for all nine venues a washed-up rock star attempts to cling to their past before the game. Actually, Richard Evans had a second crack. <laughs> this is very good. Awful jumper round. <laughs> oh, that's great. Each that's team great. to wear the worst clash strip or special events ever from the past. Just imagine Brisbane in the old Bears away jumper versing the Hawthorne Harlequins. <laughs> oh, that is very good. Awful jumper round. Uh, 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 there's there's a, lot, a lot to take your breath away in this morning's <laughs> contribution it, 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 they, they just go on and on and on mm. You can find them on the Coulda Means Twitter feed If you go go to uh, au, You can click through to the Twitter feed Thank you so much everybody for these contributions There's a lot of laughs to be had Love The that. special round And I just hope the league pays attention mm. There was someone, I didn't know who did it first, but it's been retweeted a fair bit. Uh, the original nickname round. Oh, that's okay. good. The Mayflowers. The Pivotonians. Yeah, so you've got to work them out. The Pivotonians. Yeah. Geelong. Geelong. Versus the same old. Uh, Essendon. Uh, the Seasiders. St Kilda. Versus the Bloods. South. The Maroons. Versus, the, versus the Blues. Yeah. The Tricolours. Sing- oh, no. Tricolours. Tricolours. Are the Tricolours the dogs? Oh, yes. oh, yes, they would yeah, be. Yeah. Versus the Shinboners. Yeah. North. Mm-hmm. The Fuchsias. Yeah. Melbourne. 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 This is great. This is the floral round. The Fuchsias <laughs> versus the Maybloom. Or Melbourne Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the Wasps. The Wasps. Versus the Woodsmen. Uh, University versus Collingwood. Well. The Wasps. Richmond. Richmond. Would it be black with a yellow stripe yeah. like a wasp colour or something? Not, not known to me, but that doesn't yeah. matter. Maybe, yes. All right. Very good. Well, thank you, I everybody, like who tweeted through. Awesome. There's, it's a gold mine this morning, and I recommend you go and have a look. As we mentioned earlier in the show, our cult hero of the round is um, is Digby Romarell, and cult heroes don't come much more beloved. Uh, Digby played for North Melbourne and Carlton, as as, as you said earlier, and as one of that, that, that combination we don't see much of nowadays, the Ruckman forward, and joins us on the line. Now, welcome to the Kudamese, Digby. Morning, gents. How are you going? Yeah, well, diggers. How are you? 
Yeah, top very well, very well. Now, do you realise that you were a cult hero, and if you weren't, you are now? I, I think uh, the name helps a little bit, being a little bit different. And it probably uh, helps that uh, in my first game, uh, Dermot Burden referred to it as a, uh, a porn star name. So I suppose <laughs> that uh, sparks the interest of some. But um, I think, uh, you know, I was probably just a bat one, mate. So uh, whether that um, equates to cult, well, who really knows? No, no, no. no. When were you first aware that your name was a bit different, Digby? Uh, I, I grew up in a small country town in Western Australia, so there was no other Digbys around there. <laughs> and then uh, I went away to uh, boarding school from the age of 12, and I actually, you know, school of uh, you know, about 1,500, there was one other Digby. So I started to get the uh, impression early that there wasn't many of us around, and I really enjoy the fact that it's a little bit different. I mean, you know, I've got a brother called Tobias and another brother called Steele, and, and one uh, one lost the lottery and got Ben. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I've got my parents, uh, you know, to, to thank for that. But, I'll, you know, I really enjoy it. It's a little bit different. And, you know, if you throw in Kit as a middle name, well, mm-hmm. you know, that finishes it right off. Has your brother Steele ever met Steele Sidebottom? No, no, he hasn't. So uh, they all, obviously, you know, originally from Western Australia, so they're all in Perth. So uh, there's not many steals around either. Well, there was a guy that worked at the Herald Sun once, I think he ended up editor of the uh, paper in Brisbane or something. His name was, Fedic, is Steel Talon. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, that's really strong. Good moniker. Mm. Mm. He would have fitted in in the boarding house at your school, <laughs> Digby. That's right. How, yeah. how, how, did, how did you get from WA to uh, the Kangaroos? Uh, I played in the Waffle for four years um, for uh, for West Perth and pretty much uh, North Melbourne came and said to me, well, if you're interested in coming over, you know, um, we're willing to take you on the rookie list. And, you know, it was a big decision. I'd finished my teaching degree and I was just about to start that. And I guess I suppose I was probably one of those players that didn't possess a huge amount of speed and couldn't jump, but I could read the game. So, um, you know, I just took the chance, I suppose, and I came across and, you know, the kids at school have a bit of a laugh and say, you must be loaded, too. You played AFL footy. And I tell, I just remind them that my first contract was for $12,000 and that was to move into state and pay for rent and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose I took a bit of a risk and, and came across and, you know, uh, yeah, 20 years later, I'm still here. So mm-hmm. something must have been going OK. Well, tell us about walking into Arden Street the first time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's another funny story. I had the first training session down at Princes Park, and um, you know, I obviously come out of a semi-professional, you know, waffle league where um, you know you used to go out three times a week and have a good time and you know uh, enjoy yourself. And the first session, they did all the skin folds, and I still remember, you know, uh, Glenn Archer forty-two, you know, John Blakey thirty-nine, you know, for their skin fold site, and I had my name in red letters in capitals at one hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, my, that was my introduction to AFL footy, and I thought, crikey, what have I got myself into here? You know, I, um, you know, it was a, it was a real smack in the, in the face, and I think Dennis probably did it for that reason. You know, uh, but to sort of come across from Western Australia, you know, come and train with some of the some of the greats of the game, and then all of a sudden have your name twice the size of everyone else and in a different colour, and the only one over a hundred was a was a bit embarrassing, but um, but that was a great learning curve for me, I suppose. So uh, that was my introduction, and. You know, it sort of went from there. Uh, were you anticipating perhaps taking Wayne Carey's spot on the side, uh, Digby? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I walked in and I was surprised he uh, kept his spot. So, um, but um, no, listen, not like I say, I, 
it wasn't really ever something I, you know, I would have loved to play AFL footy, but it wasn't a, a dream because I sort of knew my shortcomings, I suppose. And mm. um, I just thought I'd come across and have a crack. I had a couple of mates who, you know, Adam Lang was already at the Kangaroos, and I knew a couple of other guys across here. So I sort of, well, there was nothing to lose, and come across and try and, you know, see where it ended up. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, like I say, I was lucky enough to, to play 70-odd games and, and really enjoy that time. Well, it must be more than luck, because despite that skin fold, you, 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 you broke through into the seniors in that first season playing for, for North Melbourne. I think your first game was versus Richmond at the yeah, Docklands. Uh, what do you remember about that game? Uh, well, it was, a, it was a pretty tight game. I, I didn't get many touches in the first half. Uh, I actually kicked a goal with my first kick. Uh, I was on the half-forward line, and uh, I had to, did the double-arm uh, salute, which um, really impressed Dennis. <laughs> and, uh, I was reminded soon after the game that, um, you know, I should just continue to concentrate on doing what I was doing. But, uh, and I still remember uh, Dipper uh, interviewed my mum and dad and, you know, um, you know, they came across from Western Australia and, you know, um, you know, so just things like that I suppose you remember. And um, the other thing that really stands out is we actually lost that game and it's pretty hard in your first game to walk off um, you know, being a loser, but then obviously having the uh, the yellow and black goes, oh. Oh, and, you know, jumping away, it's a bit hard not to stomp your feet as you walk off the ground. Yeah. But uh, I managed to contain myself. But uh, yeah, no, that was was a great it was a great thrill for me. You know, who, uh, who was your opponent that day? Uh, I can't remember. I couldn't tell you. Uh-huh. Um, it, uh, it might have been Callaway there for a bit. I yeah. think was uh, was a few others, but um, yeah, I uh, probably had a few different opponents, but. Yeah, I know. All I remember is it came on the back. We I played in the VFL the week before, and we went to Alverston in Tasmania. So, uh, and uh, I managed to kick eight in that game, and I was on the back of Corey McKernan getting a couple of zero possession games, and that, and that was where the opportunity arose. The door um, opened, and that's you know it's it, it could have you know well not opened, you know. And sometimes I, I sort of talk to the kids today. It's a lot, not necessarily about. Um, luck, but it's about being in the right time. You know, it's right open. You, space, you, you can know? you can be as talented as you like, and you can work as hard as you like. But if the opportunity doesn't present, it may never happen. Absolutely, you know. And I, I just happened to be in good form at the right time, and I got my opportunity, and you know, and, and it sort of went from there. So um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good story. So, well, after a while, you uh, ended your relationship uh, with the Kangaroos and went to Carlton. You, you must have thought, you said, "Oh, this is terrific—a new opportunity, a new start." But bloody old Dennis Pagan followed you over there. Yeah. yeah, well, he was there for a year beforehand. But I guess nice. it's, a, it's a funny sort of thing, I suppose. I spoke, I sat down with Dennis, uh, with uh, Dean Laidley, you know, at the end of the season of, of 2003. And, you know, they outlined what they wanted me to do. And this is, you know, this is what we want you to do in the pre-season. And, you know, so you walk away from that meeting. And then two days later, you get a phone call saying you've been traded. So, um, you know, I suppose it's, you know, they're, they're the swings and roundabouts that come with footy and, um, you know, I, I suppose, you know, it was an opportunity for me to continue to press on and, you know, I was, you know Dennis was someone who played me and obviously believed in, in what I could bring to the table. So I suppose rejoining that relationship was a positive and, yeah. you, know, um, you know, and ultimately, and like I said, it's about opportunity sometimes and, and uh, you know, I knew I'd get that at Carlton and, you know, I had two great years there and unfortunately came out of contract at a time and an age where, you know, um, it just wasn't at the right time. You know, there was other guys that probably would have gone ahead of me, but, um, you know, that's a, that's a part of what happens. We're talking on the Could Have Been Champions on ABC Radio to Digby Morell, our cult hero this week. Torch McGee, you have a question? I was just going to mention that uh, the facilities at the Carlton would have been a bit different to what you'd experienced down at Arden Street, Digby. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously we used to st- still do the gym underneath the uh, grandstand at, uh, at Arden Street. 
Yeah, the dim animals, and you know, I think we had uh, you know a, a group of about three or four showers, and Carlton was on the other end, and they were really just two different clubs, I suppose. You know, one was you know used to success or demanded success all the time, and you know, in, in Carlton, and you know, they really will work every angle to to get that, and you know, I suppose the difference between the two was you know the closeness of the group, and you know, the willingness of, of you know that shins bonus spirit was to look after everyone, regardless of whether you're the lowest rookie or you know, the highest paid player was was pretty special at North, you know. You know, I think a, a prime example, we'd go on a footy trip and you'd have 50 guys on the footy trip, you know. And I think, you know, if, if a guy couldn't afford to play, pay, then, you know, Glenn Archer would chop up and pay, you know, to make sure that every single bloke had the opportunity to go away with a group. And I think just stuff like that, you know, I think um, screams volumes of obviously North Melbourne and, and what they stand for and, you know... Um, you know, Cardinals at the other end of the scale, I suppose, as they, they, they worked their success and really pushed hard. So you know, I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to, to sort of experience both ends. And speaking of opportunities, you, you've created opportunities for young people as an educator, uh, both yep. as a teacher. You were, uh, I think, uh, connected with the White Lion program. Um, yeah. Uh, as well, and you've been a very successful coach at both Strathmore and um, was it last year West Coburg won a premiership? Oh, 2014 we won the premiership at West Coburg. So, so has um, your um, uh, background in um, communication and education helped you in coaching? Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, the, the landscape has changed so dramatically in the last five or six years in terms of, you know, the, the young kids coming through and their requirement for you know, that feedback and instant feedback and constant, you know, reaffirming, you know, their skill set. And, you know, so definitely the, the coaches who can understand that. And I suppose being in being in teaching and teaching out at Parade College allows me to constantly see what the changing requirements are. And, you know, um, you know that's a huge element of local footy. I mean, you know, guys, although you don't spend hours and hours, are still looking for that same feedback and, and the ability to be able to say, hey, where can I improve and how do I improve and, you know, um, you know, you've got to do that in a four-hour block each week, I suppose, on a Tuesday, Thursday. So, you know, that feedback's paramount. Digby, uh, Billy mentioned that you, you give your time and energy to the White Lion program. Uh, not not everyone listening will be aware of exactly what's involved there. Um, just yeah. can you t- tell people a bit about White Lion and what, what everyone involved does there? Yeah, well, White Lion is, a, is an organisation that helps uh, kids in the Juvenile Justice Centre, um, you know, uh, while they're in the centre, and while they transition out and um, they support them through, you know, work and opportunities and, you know, so it's an organisation where they do a power, you know, a power of work in, um, you know, engaging the disengaged, I suppose, is probably the best way. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, that float along and they struggle and, you know, White Line's one of the many, you know, great organisations that sit there and help them and, you know, Mark Watt is, a, is, is the boss of White Line. He does a great job, you know, they've got... Buses that go out in the middle of the night, you know, that, that just pick people up and give them an opportunity to talk and, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. So I suppose during my footy days, one of the best things I did was get involved in that, you know, and, and understand that, you know, I, I was pretty privileged where I came from. I had a mum and dad, you know, they sent me off to boarding school, you know, I, I was, you know, had the things that I required whenever I wanted. And I don't think until you step into that environment can you... Uh, actually sit down and say, you know, respect to mum and dad, you know, for what um, what they provided. And, gee, these kids have had a bad bringing, upbringing. And, you know, a lot of the time it's, you know, they get themselves in trouble because they do the bad things. But, I mean, you, when you sit down and you learn about where they've come from, you can probably understand why they do. And, of course, White Lion relies on people like yourself, a whole host of them, uh, volunteers, to keep it ticking over. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, like I say, I, I um, you know, I'm not currently involved, but you know, I've been, I've been involved for a long time, and you know, they get a great amount of people who give up their time and you know, give up their skills and resources. You know, the amount of um, businesses that are willing to take kids on and you know, give them an opportunity and give them some skills and. You know, it doesn't always work, but it's about saying to these kids, well, there is people out there that are willing to, to, to put themselves in a position to support them, and, you know, I think sometimes that's enough. And uh, just to finish off, uh, Digby, with the footy side of things, you, you are at West Coburg still, but you're uh, finishing up this year? Yeah, I'm finishing up this year. This is the last year of five, so uh, the president actually mentioned on Thursday night I'm the longest-serving coach in the last 60 years, so it's something to be really proud of. And, yeah. you know, uh, as, a, as a club, West Coburg, you know, is an amazing environment. You know, we've got a uh, a club that's you know a great epicenter for all cultures. You know, and um, you know we've we've got the Muslim background, we've got boys from Africa, we've got the Anglo's, we've got boys from the country who come down and mingle. And you know, it's it's a pretty unique environment. I think if if more of society could look at how uh, that football club functions, then we're all going to be in a better place. So. You know, the opportunities afforded for me to take a group like that, learn from a group like that and, you know, widen my understanding of all of those backgrounds, you know, give my kids an opportunity to ask, why is his skin different colour to mine? You know, like, it's just an amazing environment to, you know, um, apply my trade and learn and, and learn my trade. So uh, it's been an absolute uh, privilege to run and, and, and join that club. Um, but as footy happens, it, you know, it's time to move on to a new challenge, and I'm not sure where that is yet. But I'm sure you'll find it. Must yeah. have been a very proud moment uh, Friday a week ago to see Brandon Ellis and Adam Saad, both uh, both former West Coburg players, playing against yep. one another at the MCG. Oh, absolutely, and they're great ambassadors for our club. Like, you know, those guys come back all the time and give of their time, and, you know, I think that's, you know, I mean, most guys would, but those... Those guys, you know, um, to a man, just come back and do the right thing and support our juniors and all that kind of stuff. So, and they're both ripping guys, so they represent everyone with the West Coburg Footy Club, you know, really well. So, well, uh, Digby Morell, great to talk to you this morning. You're finishing up West Coburg. If uh, you want to continue coaching, uh, people can get in touch with us, and we'll, we'll look after you, Digby. We'll. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks, boys. Uh, you'd like to keep coaching, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I'll be coaching somewhere next year. I'll really enjoy it. And, uh, staying, yeah, staying, in, you're staying in Victoria? Yeah, definitely. I'll be in Victoria, yep. So, uh, oh, you could go I'll, to the I'll Gold be. Coast, diggers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's how big the offer is, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, good luck for the rest of the season and good luck in the future. Great to talk to you this morning. Thanks, gents. Pleasure. Dig me in the rail. Thanks, Dig me in the never, never didn't kick a goal to my memory. At least we always got at least one a game. Yeah. Now, we've been saying Greek champions in Queensland and that he would mm. ring through, and he is. Champs, hello and good morning. Yes, I'm here. Good morning, gentlemen, and morning, Victoria. Morning, Champs. Right. And, and so what's everyone talking about the big game between Brisbane and uh, the Eagles this weekend in Brisbane? Good point, Co, because more than I expect, there's more oh. Victorians than you'd think, and they are coming out to me saying, oh, uh, weren't the Bombers mighty last night and stuff like that? Oh, well, well, Bombers? But aren't they interested in the Lions playing uh, or, the Eagles? Or the Gold Coast? Tomorrow, or the Gold I'm Coast? Text, I'm sitting with two chaps from Kyogre here. Any talk about Bombers and... and uh, no, I've never oh, heard of them. I'm sorry, about Brisbane and Gold Coast. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, and how about how about the Crowies champs? I've got to play Carlton at the Docklands. What will you, will you take time off from your country music commitments to have a peep at the game tonight? 
I only discovered Richo last week by accident that uh, I, I looked at my phone to get the scores. I only discovered by chance that you can watch it live on your phone. Of course you can. Ah, well, now, now that you know that, will you be will you be doing it? Yes, I will. And last night I watched, by chance, uh, Port play Essendon, yeah. Oh, on your telephone. Uh, uh, be careful, though, champs. Those STD rates will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> the roaming charges, <laughs> champion. <laughs> <laughs> now we uh, we played in the first hour of the show um, a couple of tracks from your new record, and I think we'll follow this talk up with that as well. Uh, what's the name of it again? It sounded great, by the way. Uh, it's called uh, the Eagles' Greatest Hits. <laughs> <laughs> the West no, Coast Billy. Eagles or the Californian ones? <laughs> no, Billy, it's, uh, it could have been Best of Volume Three. So just go to your website. That's yeah. a go. Look up. Or, or you, you can find it straight from the Could Have Been's website. Could Have You can click straight through to the CD. And if you don't sort of get dizzy and fall off your chair looking at the psychedelic cover, you mm. can then click through and <laughs> read the track list. So how, how do you think those footy songs will go down at the Gimpy Mustard? <laughs> Well, actually, Cove, on that topic, because I'm doing the breakfast with a bush pass, which you'd be thrilled about. <laughs> Not oh. only a breakfast, which means getting up early, bush poetry, bush that just, that's special. Can you, can you bring some bush poems back with you? Oh, I've got a half a dozen in my pocket now. Good. Um, I'm working with, amongst other bush poets, Neil MacArthur's one of Australia's finest, and he's a Ballarat chap, and yep. um, he's a brother of Stuart MacArthur. Oh, oh yeah. They're very and good with their words. Hmm. He was only telling me this morning, Cove, that you judged him at a uh, country, uh, it was a country race meeting. Camperdown races. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. and he said that uh, he was uh, clearly the winner, uh, but because he did bush poetry, you disqualified him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as we say here at the Could Have Been's Champions, it's, it's always no, uh, too uh, early for bush poetry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the yeah, it's truth, he said. <laughs> The prize was a thousand dollars or a ute load of beer, yeah. oh. and he missed it because you didn't like bush poetry. Oh, I think there were well, there were other judges involved. It's, it's entirely fair from my point of view. Well, was it fashions <laughs> in the field or something? No, it was it was a it was, it was, so, it was anyway, a cap. Yeah. Breakfast poetry. and bush poetry, what a combination. Yeah. Well, poetry breakfast. Uh, well, they're big at Tamworth. I'm involved in that now too, and I'm involved. Uh, yeah, and oh. um, luckily uh, I don't have to do poetry, and they do. Although I must say, though, <laughs> the, the poetry factor is declining all the time. It's just become more of a comedy show, so oh, it's, a shame. it's all good. Oh. It's just getting, getting better all the time, Greg. <laughs> well, it suits me, doesn't it? They let me get up and do songs. Yes. And, uh, well, look, as soon as you've figured out how to use your phone, can I, I recommend you do something now because we're about to play one of the songs from the new Could Have Been's Best of the Footy oh. Song CD. So you can have a listen to it and hear how it sounds over your phone. And then after we've played it, we're going to be talking to Ron Danvers, who's the architect who built Footy Park, and he's going to talk about the fact that they're pulling Footy Park down. Well, I just hope, as I said, they leave one little bit up like Waverley. Mm. So I'd like to see just towering over Westgate. Shot. Well, well, we'll ask him about it because he'll be joining us very soon. Okay, James, we'll let you get back to your breakfast and your bush poetry. And uh, then, then they all turned around to the bar and said, good, now we can all get some sleep. <laughs> and true. See you later. See you, Cobber. Here's a tune from the record. Right, catch him, lads. Over. Bye. Bye. I'm lying in bed I'm having a nightmare I wandered into The protected zone 
another tune from the new Best of the Could Have Been Champions Volume 3 CD. No, it bobbed up last night. They got they found it once last yeah, night, yeah, I'm yeah, told. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In whose favour? Uh, it was it, against Essendon, I against. think. Against? Mm. Mm. Sorry, Ian, you've, you've just got something out of the mailbag there. Oh, yes. I meant, uh, Talking to Greg reminds me of mailbag, and he's not here to supervise this week, but I did have one note from Bill Shelton. You might recall Bill came in to talk to us a few years ago, having won the Gardner Medal. And he, heard oh, yeah. he was driving up to the wool sales or something and the bloke in the back of the car said, it says here in the age, Bill, that you've won the Gardner Medal. <laughs> and he also played in the 1958 and 59 reserves premiership sides for Hawthorne. Okay. They're having a reunion in the coming weeks, so I don't really need... Are you going? Well, I don't think I was there. <laughs> no. Anyway, we'll, we'll have to catch up with Bill because... Uh, they won those flags. Everyone goes on about 61, mm. being the Hawthorne's first senior premiership. But it's 60 years since they won that their very first flag of any type in the reserves in 58. And having a big lunch to celebrate this week down at the scene of their victory, the MCG. And that was the shape of things to come Well, it's, it, according to uh, Justin Reeves, the CEO of Hawthorne, uh, that success ultimately set the foundations that led to our first VFL premiership in 61 and the phenomenal period of VFL, AFL success that has followed. So good luck to all the Hawthorne Reserves yeah. boys. And no doubt Bill Shelton, who came from Avenal. That's right. He'll make a speech at some stage. I bet he could share a sheep. Well, he's, he's related to Bluey, <laughs> Shelton. Related yeah. to Bluey. Now, as we've been mentioning all morning, the wrecking ball is smashing its way through Footy Park down at oh. West Lakes, which has been the home of Australian footy in South Australia for generations. And uh, we're absolutely delighted to have uh, joining us online now the architect who created Football Park, Ron Danvers. Ron, welcome to the Coulda Beans. Uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Well, Ron, we're just a bit concerned it might be an emotional time for you, having designed <laughs> Footy Park and now it's being knocked down. Uh, there was nothing wrong with Footy Park. Um, it was just built in the wrong spot. Oh. <laughs> and um, I don't think there's much doubt about that. Mm. Where, but, um, where, where would have been a better spot for it, Ron? Well, you know, you probably know the history of it, that it was, you know, football wasn't really possible at uh, Adelaide Oval no. back in those mm. days. There was um, 
a bit of a hiatus. And um, as a result, the, uh, the local football league decided to have its own ground. And because Westlakes, where Football Park is located, was just being developed, there was land available there. And uh, they decided to go there. But it was, um, it was like Waverley. You know, it's a similar kind of decision. It was just built in the wrong place. And even though it was well patronised, you know, it was only uh, a measure that would be good for us in a certain time. Eventually, it ran out of puff. So, so they sort of followed uh, VFL Park in going to a spot like that, and it's, it's gone the same route as VFL Park as well. <laughs> exactly right, because when we... Uh, well, I, I did the basic um, concepts for the thing. There are other architects involved. In, in the detailed design of the buildings, but I did the basic concept, and we came over and had a good look at Waverley, and there we were out in the, you know, it was we could have been in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Standing at the back of the stand, and uh, the friend, I worked with a fellow called Tre- the late Trevor Ellis, who was a project manager, a very nice man, and um, we were standing at the back of the stand looking out across, and there wasn't a person in sight, <laughs> And we thought, this is not going to last, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is a very bad move. And um, But the decision had been taken down at Westlakes, and um, I think we might have raised the point that it, uh, that it's, it may, may be a similarly poor decision. But um, anyway, that's what happened. And we've had a good, you know, we've got good life out of Football Park. It was very interesting to design it. Tell us some of the some of the issues that you dealt with in designing it. Obviously, you you had a look at a lot of different footy grounds to, to decide what to include, but also what not to include. Yes, well, um, most of you know, stadium designs are very complicated business. Uh, a lot of very precise geometry involved. You know, the slope on the ground, the field's about a meter higher in the middle than it is on the outside, and we actually designed it in a a mainframe computer in on St Kilda Road at the Kin Hills office there mm-hmm. where we where we actually fed everything in and and worked all the shapes out but uh, very influential in our thinking was it was watching a game at Windy Hill really yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got up in the high up in the stand so we could sort of experience you know we'd worked out all the distances and so on and then the most amusing part about it was that practically everyone was smoking and it was a very still day. You could hardly see the football for the cigarette smoke. <laughs> so what did you do about that? So we worked out that we, 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 we made a model of the, our stand at, at uh, Football Park and put it in a, a wind tunnel with a smoke test <laughs> so we could have a look at the, um, with the wind blowing, how the air would move over the top of the stadium when it was coming from the prevailing wind direction in the southwest and it was amazing just to have a look at it to see how the wind would dump down about uh, 50 meters out from the stand so we um we fiddled around with it opened a gap between the lower stand and the upper stand to you know to, to try and even that out a bit so we succeeded in yeah, but in doing that, Ron, did you make it absolutely impossible to kick a goal from that po- opposite pocket? <laughs> uh, you can blame me for never being able to cook a, kick a goal from that southwestern corner pocket. <laughs> there, 
The air would have been so turbulent there that <laughs> this one of the ball didn't go backwards. <laughs> Rod, for an architect, um, it's not uh, the design of uh, an edifice isn't a thing that you just do uh, over the weekend. There's time, mm. energy and emotion invested in it. Um, to see one of your creations pulled mm. down, I mean, mm. if, if you can imagine Frank Lloyd Wright uh, having falling water pulled down or the McIntyre <laughs> Bridge House <laughs> pulled down, is there a certain ennui when you see one of your creations um, raised to the no, ground? No, no. Football Park is no falling water. It was a utilitarian design. Oh. Everything about it is geometry. There was very little architecture... Mm. Ron, is a little bit of it being left? Like there's, there's a sort of they've they've left a little sort of memento, is all I think you could call it, out out at VFL Park Waverley. That is a reminder of what was once. It's it sits there like a piece of modern sculpture. Are they leaving a a little bit of it standing? I don't. I'm not up to date with that. Uh, Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But uh, the the land's quite valuable down there now, of course, Mm. which is one of the reasons for finally getting rid of it. But we're left with only one stadium in Adelaide now, and um, I think that in itself is a, is an error that should have been corrected um, when this new stadium was fixed up. And I think we, we would have been better off having a new a roof stadium rather than fixing up the Adelaide Oval, mm-hmm. even though it's been beautifully done. Um, in the longer term, I think we're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 Ron... You may have been fortunate to have been involved in designing Footy Park anyway if you'd revealed your football allegiances. Is that correct, Ron? <laughs> well, um, Who I do you born, for? <laughs> I was born a dropkick distance from Alberton Oval. <laughs> and um, I spent quite a lot of my youth standing under the scoreboard sh- shouting at various footballers. In black and white? In black and white, <laughs> yes. And... Uh, uh, Jeff Motley was my hero. Ah, great. Yeah, mm. as a young boy. <laughs> do you still go and watch Port Adelaide? No, I don't, but I go occasionally to the um, uh, to the Adelaide Oval to watch the uh, the night matches there. I think that's a wonderful thing that's been created, mm. Mm. Um, that uh, particular uh, enjoyment of the game. It, it's gone right back to the enjoyment that we got out of it back in the, in the 50s, you know, the, where the grounds were packed and... Yep. And um, quite a few people were drunk, and there was a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> but no doubt about it, it's it's definitely an occasion at the mm. new ground, and it's not in this sort of reclaimed swamp that you can't get to. <laughs> that that that's right. Even, even though it was, you know, the Crows uh, fans were, you know, would put up with anything to go to a game down there, but. Um, it, the getting to it was often a problem, mm. and, then, and and then getting home again after. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which, which, which also mirrored VFL Park. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Well, Waverley was it was such a dramatic mistake. You know, when you, when you went out there, it was it was like seeing a marooned, um, you know, a, um, a ship in a. Well, it's believed there's some people still out there waiting to get out of the car park. <laughs> But the, the, the original, originally, the Waverley they were talked about it being in the demographic centre of the new <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah. Was Westlake yeah. considered to be the new growth area and demographic centre of Adelaide? It was, but I think the reason you may not recall, but back in the seventies, there was a great interest in decentralisation. You know, when Whitlam came into power, for instance, we we had the new cities program to get people to move out of the cities and live, you know, somewhere else. 
and that came to nothing. And I think a lot of the decentralisation efforts um, haven't worked out because, you know, it's not what people want. I mean, but also, half, half the catchment area was the, the sea. That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really in the sea. Ron, it's been absolutely marvellous uh, speaking with you this morning. And, uh, yeah, Footy Park, it, it's, 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 it's there in the history of Australian football, and even if it's physically not there, it'll remain in people's memories. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're very welcome. Ron, you're on. Ron Danvers, architect of Footy Park, and uh, special thanks to Rick Morovic who tipped us yeah, into Ron, Ron and that, that, that little bit of history. Round the panel now, I want to know what people have learned today. Torch McGee, what did you learn well, today? Well, I learned, I can't remember the name of one of the callers on the quiz who called in from Mandurah in Western Australia. Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca from Mandurah. Sorry, Rebecca. And I found, found out that the scoreboard at Mandurah at the, the local level has the name Valentine on it. Mm. And apparently BT... Hasn't got anything about him, so that's, he's not that, happy about it. That's yeah. made your day, hasn't it? <laughs> exactly. Billy Baxter, what did you learn today? Uh, Richard, I learned in our Bush Footy segment where we spoke to Dan Leslie, who's uh, played uh, 300 games for the Hoppers, most ever. Uh, he's going to give it away, and he's only 36. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Too yeah. soon. For a country football. Ian Cover, what did you learn today? Well, I, c- I learned that Ron Dand was on his fact-finding mission to design Footy Park, went to Windy Hill <laughs> and couldn't see through the smoke, so they put a little hole in the stand at VFL Park to get, uh, AFL, uh, uh, Footy Park to get rid of their smoke. The smoker's stand. And mm. I learned from Ron Danvers that that thing that people love to say about footy grounds, go, oh, yes, no, the, that's, you can't trust the flags, the wind swirls. Well, not only does it swirl, they know exactly how it swirls. Ron... <laughs> Had a had a wind tunnel to, <laughs> yeah, to, to, yeah. to see where exactly. What did he say that the wind fifty metres out from the grandstand just so dipped, dropped, yeah. dipped, dropped straight mm, down, and Ron, and Ron put mm. his hand up to take responsibility for the impossibility of kicking goals from the southwest pocket at Footy Park. Mm. And when they pulled down the northern stand for the new members' stand, gee, they sold off all those things: carpet squares and mm. bricks from the Ponsford and doors yeah. and seats. I, I don't think I should have asked Ron whether he's got a souvenir. A, a piece Look, of the turf. Mm. So, so surely somebody in Adelaide knows and can let us know whether, whether it's possible for people to get a hold of a, a piece of physical heritage <laughs> from the marvellous footy park. Why well, maybe one of Malcolm Bright's footprints from when he when he walked off <laughs> off the end of the game. Billy Billy Brandless just wants his half pie <laughs> can of cake. We've got to get a move on. It's coming up to midday, and we'll be oh. handing over to the grandstand team. But uh, right now, we've got to catch up with all the footy news as we do every Saturday morning. We go to the news desk of outside football. Sam the Sub, good morning to you. Hello, Sam. Yes, hello, gentlemen. Oh, good day, Sam. How are you today? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, you sound a bit brighter this week than you did last week. Yeah, difficult week last weekend. I haven't had the same uh, sort of Damocles hanging over my Ooh. head. You got those blokes down from Sydney, didn't you? Uh, they've gone back there, thankfully. Okay, good, eh? Uh, now, um, What's it was on? A, a pleasure and a delight to hear you reading from the august Organ of the Chilton Football League. Oh, yeah, uh, Sports Talk. Yeah, Sports Talk. That's the sort of journalism that uh, I think we should be bringing back across the board. And certainly the sort of journalism you can read in outside football. We're Mm. on the outside looking in and in a very articulate way. Mm. That's why we engage hit out, pivot, hand pass, Mm. um, high mark, Mm. flick pass. And the rest of our mumblers to engage <laughs> in that vernacular. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Would you like me to send this copy on to you? No, I'm all right, thank you. All right. <laughs>
Okay. Now, um, <laughs> this week's paper. Yeah, Carolyn Sheehan has uh, put forward a marvellous, incisive, and probing mm-hmm. grilling of the Essendon uh, think tank and power brokers there who've um, disengaged uh, Brendan Goddard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put forward a variety of reasons. Uh, Carolyn takes them apart, um, balances the ledger. Mm-hmm. Uh, defendant Brendan's Endon. Defendant mm. Brendan's end. Yeah. I'm just writing that down. Yeah, good. Got I anticipated a bigger response for that. <laughs> no, I was too busy writing it down. So, <laughs> no, right, old man. Uh, where'd the mo go? Yeah. Hey, did someone send you a photo of me from the Geelong Addy in 1978? Uh, with the uh, perm and the moustache. Uh, I was pre-perm, but it's got the <laughs> it's got the tash. Yeah. yeah. It's my Robert De Costello look. Yeah, look, I filed that away with. Uh, your suggestions and uh, a lot of the other things you've put forward over our uh, journey, Ann. Oh, it, 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 any anticipation of future use? No, oh, it's irretrievable. I'm, I'm <laughs> um, All right. Mo, where'd the Mo go? Uh, yes, the winner is uh, Jan Coyne. Yes. Uh, we had a photo from 1989. Mm-hmm. Of course, that year is uh, resonant of the... Uh, the Oakley-inspired merge or possible merge of Footscray and Fitzroy. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, who did I say won again? Jan Coyne. Jan Coyne. uh, Identified that uh, Ross Oakley's moustache was placed on Irene Chatfield. (laughs) (laughs) So very good. That's an easy one. Well, it was an easy one. Last week's was hard. Mm. Most of them are quite hard, Ian. And okay. um, of course, uh, she wins the prize. And we had to send the stubby holders back the outside football prize. <laughs> uh, we sent that back to wherever they came from. <laughs> right. A little short on prizes, so she's got the uh, outside football branded uh, 1989 white pages we found kicking around here. <laughs> when I say branded, we, you know. Yeah, okay. Went outside football on the side of the fire <laughs> there. Okay. But, but that's a curio, that's a memento, and yeah. I'm sure it'll mean something to... Uh, what was her name again? <laughs> Jan Coyne. So where can we get the paper? Uh, usual outlets. Okay. Outside football around the outside. Mm. How much does it cost these days, Sam? Same as Avatorchi. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that, that it's it, uh, going to make any difference, no. uh, because your hands don't reach the bottom of your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get into him for a chance. Good work. See ya, Sam. Thanks very much, General. Uh, th- thanks, as always, to Sam the who's good enough to take time out from his heavy news schedule to update us with everything that's happening in footy from outside football. Yes. Um, we're, we'll, we're, we're really running out of time to talk, so let's get through as many calls as we can on Could Have Been's Footy Talkback. Uh, first caller, they're ready to talk right now. Are you ready, Torch? I am, yes. Go ahead, please. You're talking to Torch on the Could Have Been Champions. Hello. Yes, hello. Hello, who's calling, please? Uh, Stan here. Stan, and calling from? I'm calling from Stradbroke Island. Right, yes. And I, I heard you mention me at the uh, start of your program. Uh, uh, you're quite right. I have done some work. Uh, I know Billy was talking about the possibility that Geelong could still miss out on the finals. That's right, yes. Uh, and uh, I've done the figures. Right, and what have you come up with? Well, have you done them as well? Because I want you to check. No, no, I haven't done them. I've been a bit busy this morning. Well, Geelong could still go out. How would that happen? Uh, if they lose 18.2% off their percentage. Oh, right. That's a very big right. margin in one week. Uh, it's the equivalent of about 40 goals. <laughs> right, okay. Well, it's happened before. Teams have kicked 10 goals in a quarter. Yes. That means if the Gold Coast 
outscored Geelong by 10 goals in each of the four quarters. That's 40 goals. Yes. Right. Well, you see teams kick goals very quickly, don't you? So what else has to happen? Well, North Melbourne win. By what? what by margin? how much? Mm. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as Geelong's percentage goes down by 18.2%, North Melbourne's current percentage will go over there. Oh, so... No, so so, so the, the Sunny Boys beat Geelong by forty goals, and as long as even if North Melbourne win by a point, they're in. Don't confuse me. <laughs> I'm working on the Geelong. <laughs> um, do you have any idea of the probability of the Gold Coast kicking ten goals a quarter and Geelong not scoring? Well, I know when Geelong played West Coast earlier in the year, they led by fifteen points with eight minutes to go, and in in in, in, a, in a hurry, the Eagles kicked five goals. Mm. Oh, well, yes. in about six minutes. Yes. Well, extrapolate that over 25 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the arithmetic points in that direction. 40 goals could easily come in one quarter. <laughs> When's the last time a team kicked 40 goals? I want you to tell me. Yeah, that's the... Well, so, well can we put that question on notice? Thank you very much, Stan. So mm. there's one for the ladder predictor operators to I've, I've got a feeling that nobody's ever yeah. kicked 40 goals. Well, mm. we'll see. Anyway... That's what ladder predictors for, mm. looking at things that may not have happened. Mm. Next caller here on Coulda Means Footy Talk Back. You're talking to Torch. Hello. Hello. Hi, Guy. Oh, who's calling, please? It's Hayden here, fella. And where are you calling from, Hayden? I'm calling from Glen Ferry. All right. You uh, follow the Hawks, do you, Hayden? Uh, I don't follow the Hawks. I support the Hawks. Oh, you do. Okay, yes. Powered up, uh, paid up, uh, proud and passionate. Right. I'm just giving you a ring. I wasn't listening to the show, but I've been... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'd rather have all my teeth removed than listen to the show, to be quite honest with you. But uh, I was alerted to the fact that something has gone horribly wrong down there. You mentioned Hawthorne before. <laughs> that well. would be the first time for the year, wouldn't no, it? No, it's not the first time for the year. We've mentioned them on several occasions. Well, if you mentioned them, I'm sure it was in a de- derogatory fashion. <laughs> no, we were mentioning the fact that they're playing in a very, very big game tonight, uh, which could settle who finishes fourth on the ladder. Uh, could you replay that audio for me, please? <laughs> I can't I think, do it right now. I think you've paraphrased that. <laughs> Something. Well, we did paraphrase it, yes. Well, there you go. Uh, but, are there any other uh, lies no. or falsehoods you'd like to put <laughs> no, forward? A, para- a paraphrase is not necessarily a lie, Hayden. Okay, we'll give the definition of paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Saying something in a different way, that's all. That's so, nonsense. Yes. That's, that is all right, look, I don't want to get into semantics with you, Hayden. You don't. Have you got a football <laughs> question for us? You don't. It's all about you, it seems. <laughs> I'm asking you, if you, do you have a football question? I don't have a football question as such. Well, yes, actually, I do. Mm. Uh, when will you reveal your, uh, I think on your little effort, you call it a time capsule, so... Well, that's very original. Uh, when are you revealing your time capsules? Oh, well, it's something we usually do um, uh, uh, probably in the first week of the finals, I think. Well, you mm. say you usually do it. Give well, me a I'd, definitive answer. I can't give you the definitive answer because I don't have the time capsule. Uh, another member of the panel has in, that. In due course is the correct answer. At law, we have a saying. <laughs> yes. Silentium es orum brunius. Mm. And I paraphrase. <laughs> Silence is golden brown. Okay. Um, I'm sure it means something, George. We'll go to the next caller here on Good Events Footy Talk Back. You're talking to Torch. Hello. Hello. Oh, thank you, John, for taking my call. No, look, it's not John. You've rung the wrong show. John's only on Monday to Friday. I was enjoying the work of the previous caller, too. It's good to hear someone talking about Latin. Could you identify yourself, please? Who's calling? no, I just wanted to say... Could you, well, if you can't identify... Where are you calling from? Canterbury. Okay. And I just wanted to 
I just wonder whether I've told you about these issues with governance before at the AFL. I just trust that Gillan McLaughlin and his lieutenants have kept a very close eye on events in Canberra this week. Yes. Because mm-hmm. not only might they learn something about good governance, but they also might pick up a couple of handy rejects too, following the uh, <laughs> machinations. Right. Yes, I heard right. the former Prime Minister's talking about leaving the Parliament. Well, there's an opportunity to get someone in to give them a bit of help with governance. I mean, right. he ran the country for four years, surely he might be able to help them with Governor down at the AFL. And he's yeah. a, a footy supporter too. Yes, I believe he follows the Cronulla Swan. <laughs> That's right, yes. Yeah. Yes, man, man from Canterbury. <laughs> I think and anything, we might, we might just leave it back. <laughs> Thank, thanks to calls? all of our calls. No, we've, we've run out of time, George. Thanks to our producer, Chris Hollow. Thanks to Lockie Quick. It's a good morning to you, George. Go the bloods to Billy Baxter. Enjoy your football. To Ian Cover. A goat catch today. It's good morning from me, Jeff Richardson. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned now for Grandstand.